Joey and Kieran are late to the game. Hey there, Kieran. Hey there, Joey, and welcome to another episode of the world's best podcast about Kieran and Joey talking about video games. Late to the game. You see how I mm-hmm. how I backpedaled there for making a claim that I couldn't back up? I, I do, but uh, confidence is key. That's true. Welcome to the best podcast. <laughs> you already know it is. Don't even pretend it's not the best. Uh, this is a podcast about video games, Joey. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically games that we missed out on the first time and we're rediscovering. Although yeah. lately it hasn't been about that because E3 happened. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who, who even knows what this pot? All you know is it's the best. Around. I'm saying this in front of a mirror three times right now. Just so you I know. understand. But Kieran, <laughs> these people are watching Late to the Game episode nine. They're in this for the long haul. Okay. They are, yeah. Everyone We've... knows that once you start listening to a podcast, you can't stop until the end of time. Mm-hmm. We've almost got them to double digits. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. We'll have to do yeah. like a uh, you know a special um... a ten anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, <laughs> a decaversary. Yeah, man, so much less impressive than it sounds. <laughs> um, yes, but uh. Yeah, so uh, we, we've got some, some video gamey flavored things uh, to talk about. Uh, I, I feel like, uh, so for starters, I went over to uh, Nintendo New York, formerly called Nintendo World, and... Oh, is uh, it not called Nintendo World anymore? Yeah, they, they kind of like, quote unquote, redesigned it. They didn't oh. really change a whole lot, but... I, uh, so I've, I've, I visited that place a couple of years ago. Was it still Nintendo World then, or was it already Nintendo New York? I think it was Nintendo World. I think it's the okay. So this is the recent yeah. rebranding thing. Yeah, okay. it's it's really not any different. But uh, uh, like they they had um some of their E3 stuff there that you could try out. So nice. they had Mario Odyssey, Ever Oasis, Metopia, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, Pokken Tournament Deluxe, Pokken, uh, po- Pokken, yeah, po- Pokemon Pokken. and Tekken, Pokken, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like a delicious chocolatey biscuit treat. Um, <laughs> Wait, Pocky? Pocky. Yeah. Oh, I thought you thought that Pocky was called Pockin, and you were like, No, 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 no. Here you Kieran. go. Have a have a stick of Pockin. <laughs> I'm much smarter than that, Kieran. <laughs> That's so what a weird thing to say. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, so I, I got to try some of that stuff out. But um, we we hit all the Nintendo stuff pretty. Uh, hard last time so i think first i'd like to jump into some of the uh other conferences and then maybe we can jump into uh, uh some of my nintendo biz yeah let's let's quickly go over because i don't i don't have a whole lot to say about the other conferences yeah because like I'm a, um because i'm a filthy little little nintendo fan <laughs> honestly i am too i i at least like watch them because again uh oops i i am a nintendo fan but i'm also just a video game fan and I watched the other conferences, like, it, the fact that there wasn't a whole lot there that caught my eye wasn't because I was just, you know, sitting there with a giant hard-on for Nintendo wanting to shoot down the other company's stuff. Right. It's just well, that they it, didn't that really the announce... Game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my Nintendo boner still stands. Uh, but um, it's just that they didn't really announce anything that really caught my eye. Um, there are exceptions, but overall, I thought that both Sony and Microsoft had kind of weaker showings this year, uh, at, at least as far as, I guess, my personal interests go. Right. Um, so just kind of quickly jumping down some of, uh, Microsoft stuff. 
Uh, first thing, right off the bat, they talked about the Xbox One X, which we have both mocked for its stupid name, but I would not mind continuing to do so. <laughs> what a terrible fucking name. Um, <laughs> I, there shouldn't be a space between the one and the X. It should just be... It should just be... It should look like, it should look like the word box one bounded by two capital X's that you can omit. Like, I'd be cool with it if they just called it the box one. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. The box one or the X-Bonics. X-Bonics. That's pretty cool. That sounds like a uh, sounds like a, a short-lived Saturday morning cartoon show that didn't make it out of its first season. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it wasn't get, it, it wasn't pulling in the views, man. And I wonder why. <laughs> so the- Xbonics now on Kids WB. <laughs> um, so this was Project Scorpio, and uh-huh. this is part of a long-running thing where uh, consoles are getting iterative now. You already get a phone every year. Now you can start to get a new video game console every year, right? Yeah. That's, that's sort and of the idea anyway. Maybe not every year, but like you don't just have one box. You have box one. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to keep updating every so often. That's going to have like incremental improvements to the horsepower of the console. And so what is this? So the Xbox One X can output at 4K? Yeah, it, uh, it can output at native 4K. It's got like a liquid cooled gpu uh it's like it's it's very powerful is, it's is the it, most powerful full console of that green goo that the original xbox pretended to be full of <laughs> i can only hope i can only hope that that is the liquid coolant is uh uh reused xbox goo <laughs> ninja turtles ooze <laughs> yes okay um, um that's that's fine <laughs> yeah i've never been crazy about uh the idea of these iterative consoles and they've been around for much longer than ps4 pro and xbox one x now like nintendo's been doing this for years they don't get off scot-free because they've been doing the like and like uh sony's done it with the vita as well just like different hardware upgrades for whatever reason via handhelds were something that was accepted much longer yeah that's true Um, there were there was like the there was the ds dsi and then the 3ds and then the 3d wait no no, just the, the DS and the DSi were the only ones that were, like, actually different. Yeah, the, like, the new 3DS XL. That's right, okay. They didn't do yeah. much with that. But, yeah, there were a couple games where it's like, oh, you need a new 3DS to play this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I guess, yeah, maybe because it's a smaller, like, it's just a little... Like, I guess we're used to getting phones relatively frequently, um, or at least, like, a new phone coming out pretty frequently, so it seems more okay for a new little handheld to come out frequently. Whereas I think there's something there's some kind of pushback when it's like a big a big home console. Yeah, the the thing is that I think uh, for the most part, when it came to the handhelds, uh, the handhelds were uh, like the the big focus there was a different form factor, right? Um, and that uh, that has a really big impact when you're holding the entire console, and like uh, there there were super obvious like hardware faults that were either like you know uh like technology would have been too expensive to implement something uh you know better for instance like maybe the ds screens like the screens on the original ds version versus the screens on the ds Lite, and just like the overall build of the ds Lite is significantly better uh even though it plays all the same games in the same capacity all that kind of stuff right um so there it's just been like 
hey, you know that like two pound thing you've been holding? How would you like to hold a one pound thing with brighter screens? Yeah. And it's like that that seems fine on some level. But uh, what PS4 Pro and uh, Scorpio kind of represent is a lot more nebulous in that it's like, hey, here's like a beefy upgrade to uh, that hardware that either you already have or haven't bought yet. And it uh, it plays all of the same games. We won't let it play any exclusive games, but it's significantly more powerful. So it can play some of the older games to a greater, like, fidelity. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's perfectly fine. I just, uh, from a very personal level, I'm interested in video game hardware insofar as it can kind of facilitate new experiences. So the idea of, uh, you know, playing one of the Xbox One's three and a half worthwhile exclusives uh, in 4K is not really especially appealing to me because the entire issue, or like the Xbox One X is kind of going after a very minor issue where it's like the Xbox One is slightly less powerful than the PS4. It's like, right. cool, the issue is that it doesn't have nearly as many games. Yeah. Like, uh, they they just keep canceling uh, a lot of... Or, like, they canceled something like three games uh, recently. Just a bunch of their really big upcoming games were all slashed. And uh, so the, the Xbox One X isn't really... It's not doing it for me. It's $500. It's super powerful. It seems reasonably priced for what it is. Well, didn't, didn't uh, you already, like, you no longer have an Xbox One, right? You you had an Xbox yeah. One and you decided to get rid of it because it just wasn't, like, you, you couldn't justify it, right? Yeah, because um, the, the PC, so I, I also have a gaming PC. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Microsoft is doing this really, uh, like, consumer-friendly practice called, uh, like, it's called something like Play Anywhere. And uh, if you get a game on the Xbox One, then you can also play it on PC. And as part of that, like every first party Xbox One game so far uh, since that announcement uh, is also coming to PC. So right. the idea so, of so if you have if you ha- if you are lucky enough to have a nice PC, there's not a whole lot of reason to have an Xbox One yeah. as well. Like the only thing that I ever really miss is uh, some of the exclusives that did come out. Uh, before this Play Anywhere initiative. And I wouldn't be surprised if they end up porting them to PC at some point, but uh, things like Sunset Overdrive and uh, Rare Replay Collection, which were the only two uh, things I really, really liked on the Xbox One, those uh, I don't really have access to anymore. And honestly, that's okay. Uh, Because it it wasn't worth having a whole, you know, box sitting down there for Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) Banjo-Kazooie. Um... Yeah, so that's Xbox One X. Okay, um, let's maybe maybe let's uh, let's just roll through some of these and see if we have anything interesting to say about them. Because like, yeah, the next thing on the list is like Forza Seven, um, racing game. Uh, yeah, pretty. Uh, I don't know too much about it. I've never really played any Forza, but people like them. Uh, people yeah, probably it, like this new one. <laughs> it wasn't super surprising. I feel like racing games have like since the dawn of things just kind of been used to uh show off new gaming hardware mm-hmm. and uh that's what's happening here uh i'm i'm sure it'll be a perfectly fine game they did uh during the conference they had some really weird stuff where they were like and now uh like with our partners Porsche we are proud to announce a car 
and then they just had a car on stage. Oh, like a and, new, like, uh, real, actual flesh-and-blood car. Yeah. Uh, and, th- A, this just wasn't the venue for it. And yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> uh, B, it had, like, an engine inside of it that was codenamed 911 what? or some shit like <laughs> what? that. Wait, what? <laughs> and, yeah, no, like... They just kept saying, like, the most powerful 911 on the market and just kept saying it over and over and over and over. And somebody in their marketing team just did not do even, like... That's that's beyond not doing your homework. That's not showing up to school. Like, I don't know what they were thinking, but... They just uh, had 910 iterations of their engine and this was the next one in the line? I mean, I have no idea... Like reminds, I, reminds I don't know that, cars. Uh, reminds me of that Austin Powers bit where they're like, preparations A through G have been unsuccessful. We're now going to test preparation H. It's like, <laughs> oh man. Um, this actually, this actually reminds me of. Uh, I went to a, I went to a retro video game convention a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I have a fun story to tell about that. But this is a, this is a less fun, less interesting story that is quicker to tell that I'm going to tell right now. <laughs> All right, the skanky uh, like appetizer. <laughs> Let me have it. Um, I, I wear a lanyard that has my keys on it, mm-hmm. uh, and on the lanyard is a little tag for a Chrysler car that just came with like the keys to my apartment, and I didn't take it off for whatever reason. So I have like a little Chrysler tag on my lanyard, um, and this guy sits down next to me when we're like going to do this panel, and we start talking about video games, obviously because we're at a convention. And then he like sees my lanyard and he's like, "Ah, your car, your car person." And I was like, "Oh, oh no, not really. I just, I just had this thing on." He's like, "Yeah, I got it." And he like launches into this big thing about like all the cars that he is into and like his like his his sick hog that he has or whatever. <laughs> and, and it was just weird because it's like we're at a place where like I can't talk with anyone about video games because it's not understood by both parties, and I want to be considerate. And, like, we're at a venue where, like, our shared interest is, like, the forefront of the subject matter. And, like, it would be fine to talk about that. And I just kept, I kept reiterating, like, like, he was like, yeah, I've been into this, I've been into that. Like, I got this new one, there's this new one coming out. And I was like, yeah, it's really cool. Um, I don't really, like, I can't really have a conversation with you about it because I don't know anything about cars. And he's like, yeah, I bet this, so <laughs> we were doing video game trivia. We were sitting in, in line for video game trivia. And he, like, just apropos of nothing, he's like, yeah, I bet that this were car trivia, I would ace it. And I was like, yeah, probably. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. You, I bet you do a great job. Are, <laughs> this, this isn't are you that, lost? But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I bet that guy was just stoked about uh, Forza 7. Um, I'm, I'm sure. And I'm sure he was uh, equally <laughs> stoked by that real life car that just sat on stage. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so, hey, maybe we're just not the, um, the target audience for Forza games. And that's fine. Sure thing, but uh, but as your anecdote showed, the crossover between people who really get excited about announcements of a real-life car <laughs> and people who get excited about announcements about video games are probably not, like, <laughs> super-duper... I don't know. Maybe uh, not, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's whatever. Um, yeah, Forza. <laughs> um, Metro Exodus, do you know anything about this game? I do indeed. So, uh, there are, uh, uh two Metro games... Uh, that were uh, based on a, I want to say, like, a Russian novel. Um, I don't know if it was a series or a novel, uh, but it was like a like a sur- survival kind of, like, post-apocalyptic kind of situation. Kind of science uh, too, right? There's, like, creatures. Yeah. They're, like, they're and, like um, radiation, radiation monsters. 
that sounds about right. I I haven't actually uh, read it myself, so I'm not totally sure. But from what I've seen, it it like people say they're really great games. Uh, we weren't super duper expecting another one, so it was a nice, pleasant surprise. This gameplay demo uh, was a pretty big like indication of why I didn't like this year's E3, or at least like especially Microsoft's, but both Sony and Microsoft were kind of guilty of this. Um, okay, walk me through it. Nintendo, okay, Nintendo was not, which is why I really like their conference, but uh, I'll stop dancing around it and say what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, so this reveal, it's like, oh man, for Metro, the, the visuals are gorgeous. Uh, you know, like, uh, I'm sure the actual game will end up being really, really cool, but it was like the entire thing almost was animated like pre-animated and they were trying to like convince you that it was gameplay but (laughs) it had it had the character like interacting with things in such a way to where it was clearly all just like like a five minute in-engine animated bit as opposed to like any actual gameplay like you're you're uh, sure about that though like are you sure it wasn't just like this is an immersive experience game that makes you feel like you're watching a movie when really you're playing yeah like i um, I should mention that i missed this conference entirely so i haven't seen a lot of this stuff sure i'm I'm, I'm watching the reveal trailer right now as you're explaining this to me so i'll 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 be able to to pipe in eventually okay like uh other people have called it out too and uh like i'm always open to being proven wrong but as someone who like, you know, like, went to school for animation and also plays games like fucking crazy. Like, the way that you were interacting with things in this game, it, insofar as, like, what we saw in the trailer, the majority of that was not actual human being playing a video game. It was, like, like an enemy would jump at your face and you would, like, throw it to the ground and start, like, panting in a weird way, and, like, the camera would move in really strange ways. It, it didn't, uh, like, ring true to you, is what you're saying. Yeah. I see. Like, it it absolutely did not look like gameplay. And then, if that is gameplay, like, cool. Again, like, I understand that there's a bunch of stuff like Uncharted, like, um, uh, like, Spider-Man we'll get into a little bit later. Just, like, a whole bunch of games that are really trying to, like remove those seams to the greatest degree that they can but yeah. uh it's when those seams are removed entirely that it, it becomes pretty obvious that it's not an actual video game being played in my opinion right uh so that was frustrating to watch because it felt like they were treating me like i was stupid yeah uh, or just I'm, like I'm the audience in right general and i see i see what you mean like it looks like um it looks like an example of what gameplay could be like, but it looks, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. So. And maybe uh, it's just early. Maybe that's just all they have to show, but, um, sure. Like that's totally fine. Uh, I just want them to kind of have that disclaimer. I don't want them showing that kind of stuff to me, uh, claiming that it is gameplay. Right. Uh, that, that's sort of where I get frustrated is where they, you know, just like blatantly try to mislead people and, uh, someone looks and they're like, oh god, look at that cinematic game, it looks freaking awesome. They go, they pre-order it and they pick it up and it's like, this looks like every other game, like, I, right. I, I don't get it. Right. Um, but I mean, that being said, I'm sure the game itself is going to end up being good and I'm glad that it is getting a sequel. I just wasn't thrilled with the presentation of it. Sure. They did show some <laughs> gameplay of Assassin's Creed Origins, right? Yeah. And that did look like gameplay. 
Um, it also looked super dull. Um, <laughs> I, I did watch the Assassin's Creed footage. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't... Uh, uh, I don't have a lot of experience with Assassin's Creed. I have played the very first Assassin's Creed. I decided to... When we started this podcast, I want this. That was one of the games that I wanted to go back and try because I because that was like the perfect example of like, oh, I missed this, and it's like a huge phenomenon. And I played the very first Assassin's Creed, and I really disliked it. Um, and I know that uh, Assassin's Creed kind of found its stride with two. So part of me wants to say that maybe I should hold off on judging it until I play the second game. But like based on the strength of the first game, I would not play another Assassin's Creed game. I didn't have a lot of fun with it at all. I, I got what they were going for, but what they were going for seemed very um, one-note. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. So this is the new Assassin's Creed game. It takes place in ancient Egypt. If anyone doesn't know what Assassin's Creed is, you are an assassin, and the basic loop is you kind of sneak through a town gathering information about your target uh, by overhearing conversations and at least that's what it was in Assassin's Creed 1. Maybe that's not what Assassin's Creed is anymore, because there have been a lot of Assassin's Creed games, right? Yeah. And they're also, they also like, the, the other thing is sort of the, uh, like, like history porn uh, angle. Every Assassin's Creed game takes place at a different, like, point in time and space. So the first game took place in the Middle East in, uh, ooh, I don't know, like, the early, like, like 0 AD or whatever. Uh, second game takes place in the the Renaissance of Rome. I mean, uh, of Italy. It's Rome, right? Second, second game takes place in Rome. <laughs> um, and this one takes place in ancient Egypt. Um, and other than that, like other than the, the location, uh, I really don't see what there is to be excited about this. So maybe if you're like a real like Egyptian history slash mythology buff, this will be a cool game for you. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on Assassin's Creed Origins? Um, it, so Assassin's Creed Origins is kind of coming at the, the end of a period where, uh, Ubisoft was like, okay, you know what? Maybe we're oversaturating the market with Assassin's Creed. Let's right, take a year. they were a game every year for a while, right? Yeah. Um, so they, they took a year off and now Origins, they might've even taken more than a year off. I'm not really sure, but. The last um, one was the one that takes place in England syndicate and that, that was 2015 right i think so yeah i think they took a year off okay yeah and um so <sighs> assassin's creed is a series that uh like i've got some experience with i played a few hours of the first few hours of the second few hours of assassin's creed 4 um i i just don't find the the gameplay especially compelling it it feels kind of like automated it feels a little boring like the combat's not super engaging the stealth feels just kind of dull um it it just kind of feels like a generic open world action game to me and which is uh, weird because it it sort of invented that genre in a way right like a, like a lot of games took a lot of a lot of ideas from assassin's creed yeah but um, maybe like improved on them somewhat <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's, um, I, so people absolutely adore Assassin's Creed. And I think that this sequel, it's probably like, I don't know, if, if someone showed me something like, 
Wind Waker and then no, that's that's not a good example. I'm trying to think like sometimes it's tough to tell the difference between sequels right. uh, unless you're really close to them. So, OK, yes, if yes, somebody yes. showed me Brawl and then somebody showed me Melee and I right. didn't know anything about Smash Brothers, I'd be like, so they added some more. It looks like the same game. Yes, Why would I buy it again? Exactly. But it's like these are way different in a lot of ways. So um, I, I think it might just kind of depend on how close you are to that property. And mm. um, even in that capacity, I, I feel like for a lot of people, Assassin's Creed might be that sort of gaming comfort food of just the the relatively straightforward ish sequel of I just want this gameplay I already know I enjoy yeah. uh, a couple of new little bells and whistles, but I don't need you to rock the boat. Just kind of give me more of that thing that I've already really, really like enjoyed my time with. So, yeah. um, and if that's what it it's is, like, that's, that's fine. Yeah. So again, just kind of something like Mario galaxy to Mario galaxy two, ratchet and clank two to ratchet and clank three, just, uh, just something kind of pleasant and samey. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's, I think, uh, as an outsider kind of looking in, in regards to, like, the Assassin's Creed fandom, I'm kind of waiting for, like, this grand reinvention. I'm waiting for the Resident Evil 4 or the Resident Evil 7 of the franchise to just kind of be like, okay, you know what? We are really shaking it up and rethinking, uh, like, a bunch of our kind of basic gameplay conventions, and that's what it would take to get me personally uh, invested, I think, in Assassin's Creed would be uh, just different gameplay systems exploring the same general ideas mm-hmm. and uh right now it's just like yeah assassin's creed is i don't really right. care about it <laughs> right um yeah what else what else we got let's see i'm kind of uh, i'm gonna skip some of these because i really don't have like i really don't have anything to say about it uh, yeah we, we, we talk can kind of dragon ball fighters uh, I only mentioned it insofar as I'm way fucking pumped for it. We talked about it a tiny bit at the last uh, end of the last episode, but uh, Arc System works. It's uh, 2.5D, so just a 2D fighter with 3D graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, the visuals are absolutely incredible. Um, there's a, it's a 3v3 fighter. Um, so Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is going to be a 2v2 fighter now. So a lot of people are kind of getting excited about Dragon Ball Fighter Z as uh, sort of the continuation of almost like the Marvel versus Capcom 3 fighting scene. Right. And uh, everything that they have shown of that game looks incredible. I would... I don't know. I'd play the shit out of it. Like, I'm, <laughs> I've also mentioned a couple of times I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan... Uh, like, I recognized very specific poses of their attacks, like, from the manga and stuff, and uh, they they recreated them, like, sp- spotlessly. It's just, there's a, there's clearly a lot of love, uh, both for fighting games and for the manga and the anime of Dragon Ball Z that's going into this, and yeah, I think totally. it's really, really going to be something special. Yeah, I mean, that's, this seems like such a, uh, like, you can't... It's an unquantifiable thing, but it's like you can just look at the trailer and see that. Like it's it's it seems so clear that this is like a labor of love, both for yeah. the concept of a fighting game and for this show that so many people love. There um, there are just so many little details that call back to the show, and just like so many little details in general that are really nice. Like you, if someone shoots energy at you, uh, you can deflect it, and then it'll destroy things in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they're just like. 
environmental destruction in general, just little bits and pieces. Like, you can fight at the world tournament stage, and uh, you can crack the floor tiles, and they don't magically heal like in other games. They actually stay <laughs> cracked, and, uh, like, this little, like, six-character demo with two stages looks like something I could play for hours and hours. Yeah. So, like, the the full game is going to be something I'm probably going to cream myself over. I mean, um, there, there have been a lot of Dragon Ball fighting games that have been fun to play like uh you and i have played a de- like you've played a lot i think but i've I played a decent amount of um the budokai tenkaichi games yeah uh, which are like fun and also full of full of references and nods right like that boy that that one on the wii has like every single character ever like like ever ever um yeah they literally have some characters named frieza soldier like a and b and c or whatever right like like, like nameless grunt that doesn't matter oh he's playable oh, okay <laughs> yeah um but the difference is that those games are kind of janky and and like bad but they're fun despite that <laughs> so this yeah. game looks like it's the best of both worlds because it looks like you're gonna get a lot of fan service a lot of like real like love and attention put into it and then also you got like a really good uh, developer that makes great fighting games working on it yeah so like cool this is a cool game i don't know why it was it's coming on the playstation isn't it yeah it's coming uh like ps4 xbox one pc and um uh the producer i believe has gone on record just recently as saying oh, yeah, hey I uh saw that. yeah the switch has enough power to run this game that's not the issue we're just not sure if there's interest so if you guys show interest we might bring it to the switch so yeah uh that yeah everything like uh I don't usually like to put too much stock into, like, a game before I've actually gotten hands-on time and know, like, way more about it. But this is a strange time where I feel pretty confident saying, like, it's based on what they've shown, like, this looks to be a pretty sure bet. This looks to be uh, I think it's going to satisfy pretty good people game. That, that are excited for it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to reinvent the fighting genre or it's going to be, like, the absolute pinnacle or anything. But I think if this doesn't end up being like a mechanically sound, like gorgeous content stuffed fighter, I'll be somewhat surprised. Yeah. Arc Arc systems works is really good at uh, sticking a lot of like fun features in their fighting games. I've been playing through uh, blaze blue, uh, which is one of their other franchises. And there's a lot of just extra stuff. Like there's a really, (laughs) I've been waiting to finish it before I talk about it on this show, but there's a really long winded story mode uh so we can do another fun episode where i talk to you for an hour about the story mode of a fighting game that i played um <laughs> no this it's gonna be good it's gonna be really good dragon ball fighters is good yeah good stuff. um yeah let's try to pick up the pace here because we're only like we're not even through microsoft's and we're already yeah, half okay. hour there's, in. there's two there's only two more that i actually wanted to talk about um one is really quick uh cuphead um mm-hmm. is just it just has a release date people that's unknown quantity at this point like people Okay, well, if you don't know Cuphead, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a two D side scrolling um, like run and gun platformer that's focused on big boss battles. And the neat thing about it is that it is gorgeously animated in the vein of uh, the Fleischer Brothers. So it's very like bendy arms um, and like everyone is constantly bouncing and dancing. It looks kind of like a Betty Boop cartoon. Um, it looks really cool. Uh, it's been geez how many years now has it been like at e3 i feel like i feel like yeah i feel like i was at my parents old house which would have been at this point like two or three years ago that it was like cuphead it's coming out so it'll be good for this to finally come out 
Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that they're taking their time with it. That's another yes. one that seems like a pretty clear labor of love. And also... Mm-hmm. That game started out as just a boss rush kind of game where like right like every the, uh, the levels were you fighting bosses. Yeah. And I remember and, being disappointed when I heard that. Like this like mm-hmm. ooh this still seems cool but also like what if there were levels too? <laughs> yeah. And now there are levels? Yeah, uh I don't know like how many there are going to be and I don't know if the bosses are going to be at the end of the levels or if they're more of just kind of like a palate cleanser but uh like after uh, all the attention the game got and uh, the developers kind of saw like what people really wanted out of it and stuff. They're like, okay, you know what? Let's put some more traditional platforming levels in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I really hope Cuphead's great. Um, I think people might be going in with expectations that are a bit too high, but I mean, like, it is, it is like a small studio. It's just a, like an indie team. I think it's like two or maybe three people that made the whole game. Um, Maybe maybe the maybe there's more animation. Uh, anyway, but yeah, it's like it's a small project, so people shouldn't be like thinking it's going to be like the 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 biggest and like most like feature rich game ever. I think it's going to be like a little small project that's going to be like really tight and really fun. Yeah, I think it's, it's going it to be. It makes good me time. think of uh, Alien Hominid a little bit. Yeah, this this sort of like indie arcadey, uh, shooty, <laughs> funny <laughs> kind of yeah. game. <laughs> It, <laughs> it makes me think of Alien Hominid and uh, Astro Boy Omega Factor on the Game Boy Advance. Just kind of like the quick yeah, run and gun which, sort of boss rushy. Which, by the way, at the aforementioned video game convention that I went to, I picked up Astro Boy Omega Factor. That is one of my favorite games ever made. I, I think I borrowed your copy of it and, and, and on, a, on a, like a family trip once and played played so much of it. And that is a great game. And I really, I, I wanted to talk about it on the show, but at the same time, like, I've already we've already played it. We've both already played it, so we were we were <laughs> not late to the game on that one, so it's not really on brand. But uh if you've never played Astro Boy Omega Factor, don't worry about not knowing who Astro Boy is. Just play the game. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's made by Treasure. Uh it's it's just a wonderful side scrolling beat 'em up slash boss rush kind of game. Um yeah, also as far as uh you borrowing it goes, I remember cause uh you borrowed it for a bit. And then you lost it. Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. I, I, uh, I remember like, I, I was simultaneously like, I didn't want to make you unhappy, but I was really disappointed. So I kept like passive aggressively bringing it up and you would offer to like buy me a new copy. And I was like, no, I don't want you to have to do that. And you would genuinely be like, what do you want me to do, man? I, I feel really bad. So you keep bringing it up. Like, <laughs> Really? And, uh, I don't we found any of that. I don't remember losing. Oh my it. God. I don't remember the ensuing firestorm. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it was under uh, our friend Zach and Alex's couch. Oh, of course, man. So <laughs> many, so many games went under that couch. <laughs> I distinctly remember pulling out a copy of Mario Kart DS from that same couch. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, okay. So um, here, oh, do you last- want to? The, the last oh, game up? for the Microsoft conference that I wanted to talk about was Sea of Thieves. Okay. Um, just just for no other reason than it's being made by a Rare, and I we have a history with Rare because they made Banjo Kazooie and stuff. Um, yeah. Sea of Thieves. I didn't think it looked that cool when I was watching footage of it, uh, but I was listening to people talk about having played it. Um, a bunch of people like from from Polygon and from Giant Bomb and from Waypoint uh, all went to E3 and played it. And so they played it together, 
and there, I mean, <laughs> you can find the relevant podcasts and like footage of them talking about it. But anyway, they made it seem like a really fun uh, multiplayer experience. So you you can kind of like um, you're ostensibly you're a bunch of pirates working together to get treasure. Um, but you can you know you can mess with each other and you can there there are lots of opportunities to be goofy and silly that mm-hmm. make it sound kind of fun. So like if you look at footage of Sea of Thieves, I think it looks kind of bad to be honest. Like I think it doesn't really look that nice. It has it has an art style which is cool. Like it has a it has a voice, but it's yeah. kind of ugly at the same time. Um, and it also looks kind of like kind of janky in some spots. Like like you 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 walk onto an island. The basic loop is you sail with your buddies to an island on the ocean and then go to that island and try and find the treasure. And there will usually be opposition in the form of uh, skeletons that come out of the ground and try and get you. Skeleton pirates. So all of those little bits, don't like not, not one of them seems particularly great, but maybe it's just the culmination of everything together with your friends and kind of like goofing on each other at the same time makes it seem fun. Yeah, that Sea of Thieves is a strange one because I'm glad that uh, Rare feels comfortable enough to try like a a new IP, and it, it's clearly got their voice, uh, their very distinctive, not even a third as funny as they think they are. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh yeah the the uh, the footage they showed um, at E3 is narrated by a by a funny funny jovial British pirate and. Boy, yeah, it seems like it's written. Um, it sounds like a Don Bluth movie or something. Like it's yeah, it's a lot of jokes just do not play. <laughs> they, it it's really like hit and miss is being really kind to it because it would insinuate that some of the jokes landed. It was bad. <laughs> it was a um, miss and miss. <laughs> yeah, like it. It's one of those weird things where like the jokes conveyed a tone, but not really any genuine humor. And I think that tone is interesting. I just think they need to work on the jokes. Um, but the game itself has always kind of looked like a like a bigger budget, slightly more polished version of just like a, a sort of like freeware PC game that would be advertised in your sidebar. Like Yes. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Just um, kind of a run around with other people. The, the fun kind of is game, other the people kind of game that you like can go to Seven Eleven and buy a game card for to spend some real world currency. On absolutely, it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you, it totally looks like one of those games. <laughs> I, I've heard good things, and I hope nothing but the best for both that game and that team. But just looking at the footage, it, it does nothing for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It's because mm-hmm. even the, uh, who was it? It was like Justin and, and Griffin McElroy were talking about it. And Justin was saying like, I had a great, these are two um, video game internet people for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> uh, they're they're uh, talking about how like, I had a great time with it is what Justin said. But also that was like the first time we had played it and it was fun just goofing around. And I don't know if this will last very long. Like the first time doing it was really neat and fun and funny but the like 100th time is maybe like that's kind of stale at this point is what sure. he thought. So I could definitely see that from the footage. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, there was there a was... lot of other, st- other stuff at the, at the conference, but I don't really have anything to say about any of the other stuff, huh? 
Yeah, only other thing I really wanted to throw out there was Ori 2, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, We mentioned it last time again, but sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, really beloved uh, modern Metroidvania. Uh, Sequel is probably going to be very, very good. So uh, keep an eye out for that one. And (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Yeah, don't really have much to say about it because I haven't played enough of the first, but uh, I've heard great Mm. things. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, here, um, you want to take a quick break and come back and... uh, Try to, like, blow through Sony's and then uh, uh, get to some other stuff. Okay, sure. Okay. See you soon. Hey, Kieran. We're back. Yes. And during the break, we realized that we've already kind of said most of what we want to say about the Sony press conference. (laughs) Yeah, we kind of went over it last time. Um, I mean, like... Essentially, we were just kind of like, hey, you know what? These are the same games they had last year. All of these games look like big old cinematic experiences, but not anything that would be fun to sit down and interact with with a controller. So, uh, that's Sony's conference. (laughs) (laughs) Done. Uh, Let's now. uh, Okay, so I wanted to talk about Axiom Verge. I also wanted Mm. to uh, talk about arms real quick. Oh, yeah. You Um, have arms. Yes. I, I have, uh, I have arms, them. but yeah, you have arms. Yes. <laughs> we both told the same awful joke. Um, <laughs> well, at least we're the first to ever make it, right? The first to ever make it, that joke. No one's ever made it before. Arms is a brawler for the... <laughs> okay. Uh, so... Uh, Arms uh, is a fighting game for the Switch where uh, the camera's behind your character and you throw punches at someone with big old stretchy arms mm-hmm. and you get to pick what each fist is um, and it's touted as the uh, the easy to pick up, hard to master kind of mantra of uh, Nintendo stuff. Okay. And, and you have spent some time with it. I have spent some time with it. Uh, and what do you think? So... I haven't played a great deal of it, but everything I have played, I've enjoyed. Um, the online, uh, the way the online works is surprisingly really, really good. Uh, like, it's really sophisticated for Nintendo. Um, like, more more I, than just, like, type in the 16-digit code and you're on your way to playing with your friends. <laughs> I... I admittedly haven't tried playing with my friends just yet. I've just kind of been doing like random games, but okay. um, but it has like a that, sophisticated matchmaking system. Yeah, like uh, the way that it works is uh, like you can do ranked matches, um, but you can only get into those once you beat the story mode on level four or higher. And I think there's like either eight or ten difficulty levels for the story mode. Okay, so there um, there is some there is some uh, like gesturing towards like you need to be a certain kind of player to to experience the the ranked mode like they want to gate it off until you've at least like gotten your feet wet a little bit or maybe your arms wet yes so (laughs) just gonna let you drown in your awkward silences um yeah but uh so um the way that uh the random battles works uh or that mode works it's called party mode and um you just kind of jump into like a little shared lobby with a couple of people and it randomly pairs you guys up 
um, for different types of fights. So it could be like three player free for all. It could be a two on two team battle. It could be one on one. It could be uh, a mini game that's uh, either along the lines of like basketball, which turns into who can grab who first. And then it's an automatic like throw into the hoop or dunk or whatever um, volleyball where you have to punch the ball to the other person's side of the net. Uh, just things along those lines. Um, and that works surprisingly well when it's not your turn. Like when you're just kind of waiting to be paired up with somebody, Mm -hmm. you can, uh, pull up like just some quick training where you're punching at targets, trying out different, uh, arms, just kind of waiting around. That's good. So, I mean, like anything is better than like when you're just looking at like a loading screen or just like waiting for match, waiting for match, like that sucks. So it's good to be able to like keep yourself busy. Yeah. So you can kind of keep yourself busy and then, uh, as other people are doing whatever it is that they're doing, uh, you see they're like, everybody's represented by a little like circle icon. And uh, like you see uh, if they're fighting, you get to see their health bars in real time and stuff. So you kind of see how they're doing. And then mm-hmm. uh, like any day now they're implementing uh, like a, a spectator feature. So you can actually watch them, I think, playing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, it'd be uh, nice if that was there from the beginning, but it's good that it's coming now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... Everything about that works really, really well. The connections uh, so far have been, like, spot on. Um, it sounds like it, you're leading up to something. It sounds like you're leading yeah. up to, like, everything is good, but... Yeah, no, honestly, I don't I don't really have any buts for it. it uh, oh, okay. <laughs> it's really cool. And it's, like, since it keeps the same people in your little lobby until somebody leaves and then somebody else comes in, um, mm-hmm. it, like, you, you sort of start to recognize the same people over and over, um... So you get to kind of like fight against the same people and kind of learn what they're good at or what they're bad at. And then if somebody keeps winning over and over and over and over, then it'll start uh, giving them a handicap. So um, or like it'll yeah, like it'll like take off a percentage of their health. But then if you end up still winning, then it gives you a greater reward. So, oh, you're like earning uh, stuff as you're playing this mode. Yeah, you're earning uh, like I don't know what they're called. They're just like little coins um in okay. just about everything you do in arms and those coins you uh spend to play uh a mini game where you're like punching at targets and also like different arms um and if you punch an arm then you get that arm and so uh it's kind of how you unlock more uh weapons I per see. character okay yeah so all of that is really really elegant hmm. um i think that works really well um there is one aspect of the game that's a little... I mean, I, I, I guess a few, but uh, one aspect of the game I'm a little bit disappointed by is that uh, the motion controls were, like, are not really as good as I expected them to be. Like, I, I kept seeing preview after preview that was just people being like, dude, oh my god, the motion controls are just, like, it's yeah, like breathing. The, the thumbs up grip? Yeah. Um... I will say it feels pretty good overall. Like, it feels fine. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had control the vast majority of the time. But <laughs> comparing that to playing with a pro controller, it felt like a completely different game. Like, it... Yeah, I I mean, that's that's what I was... Because I, I was initially turned off by the game because I thought that the only way to play was those motion controls. I was like, this looks really cool, but I don't really want to fiddle with the... I don't know, it's so, like, like there's no feedback with the motion control, yeah. so it's hard to tell if you're doing something right or not. I mean, that's that's what I learned playing the Wii, so... Uh, hmm. 
<laughs> it totally covers. It, it totally carries over. Like yeah. it, like I don't know. It, I I was really really shocked when I learned that you could play with a pro controller because Nintendo has a pretty weird habit of being like, "Hey, it's Star Fox Zero. Play it this way." Like, right. <laughs> uh, like indicative of the fact that Nintendo has a way they want you to play their games. There is no options menu in Arms. What? <laughs> like no options. It's what just like no. Like, stereo or mono? Nope. <laughs> Maybe that's not an option that people choose anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um so the one thing about the controls uh that I wasn't crazy about is that blocking is uh uh mapped to the left analog stick being clicked. And oh. that feels really shitty. Ugh. So I was like, <laughs> you know what? There are like seven other buttons I'm not using right now uh cuz oh. I use yeah, and y- you can't change it. Like, I-, I had to dig through menus to even find, like, a description of the controls. They're like, this is what it looks like when you hold the controller. It's like, can, can I move this button there? No. So uh, that's that's just surprisingly, like, it's not like a huge deal, but it's one of those things that's very, like... Uh, anti-consumer or just anti-player in a very stereotypically nintendo way <laughs> well i always where... worry about the clicking the sticks and i always feel like i'm gonna break it especially if i have to <laughs> do it a lot i remember i was playing infamous and to to like see where the the blue shards that you haven't collected yet is you can like send out a little pulse but yeah. you do that by clicking in the left stick so i was at a point in the game where i was just trying to collect all of them so i i ended up plugging in my like worse controller with a messed up stick just so I wouldn't have to, like, put stress on my nice controller when I was clicking in the stick a bunch. And to do that for blocking, like, that's such a basic thing you have to be able to do, right? Yeah, like, it's, uh, it's definitely not ideal. But, um, everything else, like, the controllers, the controls on a controller are actually really, really intuitive because, um, like, at first, it was, like, uh, two of the face buttons were left punch and right punch, and I was like, you know what, this makes sense, but it's not ideal. And then I learned that uh, you can also punch using the left and right triggers. Mm. And that feels so good. Like, <laughs> that that feels like the way the game is meant to be played. It, right. it feels really, really nice. And, um, like, it, it feels just as good uh, when you're playing in handheld mode with the Joy-Con, whatever. Um, so, right now, ARMS gets, like... I'd say if you're interested, it's definitely worth picking up. I would re- I would recommend it to you specifically, Kieran, because oh, okay. it has a butt ton of personality. Like yeah. each of the characters are like, there's no character right now uh, that would seem like the wrong answer to who is your favorite. <laughs> like they they all just have something about them. Like when it the was closest, just the it was when it was just like the the spring man and ribbon girl like the two original characters they showed off i was kind of like oh these are these are kind of boring but all the all the weird all the new characters are really weird like the i like the goopy green one yes wasn't he called dna man at first but now they're just helix yeah something like that i like i like that one (laughs) there's like a robot constable with a robot dog yeah he's awesome (laughs) like it's all of them like it's a really really great cast the music's great the visuals are outstanding the uh like uh, just like the the arenas that you fight in are really interestingly like set up and they also like 
I feel like arenas are something that usually uh, disappoint me in fighting games because it's like, you know, Street Fighter, like, now going to Africa. It's like, right. <laughs> this is just like New York City. Like, there's an elephant. That's cool. But I right. mean, it's the same fucking thing. Uh, but in you arms, mean, it's you like... You mean it's just a plane with nothing going on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, in arms, it's like, uh, there's one level that's a giant uh, ramp, essentially. Um, and uh, one character starts at the top and one character starts at the bottom. And uh, the dynamic, like, I feel like it, you kind of change how you fight based on whether or not you have the high ground. And it right. sort of becomes a fight for the high ground. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's another stage where, uh, like, you're on top of what appear to be giant Beyblades. And, um, <laughs> or, like, it's a skate park with what appear to be giant Beyblades. And you can jump on those and, like, your mobility is increased, like, threefold. And uh, it's just, they... Like, it has the foundation for an excellent fighting game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, they've already announced, like, uh, the DLC is going to be free the same way that it was with Splatoon, at least at first. That's good. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're going to have paid DLC at some point. My guess mm-hmm. would honestly be no, because it's like, they're... Uh, that worked like, out really well for them with, with uh, Splatoon. Like, it kept people yeah. invested. Yeah, and I, I think that's, like... I, I feel like that might even be a way to stop people from selling the game. Because that's something oh, yeah. that game publishers have always uh, kind of had issue with. Because if you buy a used game, they don't get any profits. So they've tried right. punishing the player by uh, having like uh, little passes in there that you have to activate a yeah, code. Yeah. Um, and then it's like you get the, content that way. Right. Negative reinforcement. This would be positive reinforcement. Right? Like keep your game and you'll keep getting new fun stuff for free. Yeah. And uh, that's that's worked well for me, at least. Like I... Mm-hmm. It's it's fun to bop in and uh, see all the new content after a while. Right, and, even uh, if you're not like a super fan, it's like, oh, something new came out. Yeah, I'll put in Arms again. Let's see what, let's see what it is. Yeah, it's uh, Arms is solid all around. I think it's a little bit light on content right now, mm-hmm. uh, which like is, was, was also a, a complaint about Splatoon when it first came out, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but by the time Splatoon ended, it was jam packed with stuff. So yeah. I, I have similarly high hopes for uh, Arms. Mm-hmm. And that being said, if you get arms right now, like, uh, if if you get into, like, I'm not saying you specifically, but just right, like right, right. people, if 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 someone were to buy arms right now, uh, I think you'd be satisfied with the, uh, just what there is to do, unless you're only interested in single player stuff and you have no interest in even playing online. Right. Uh, in that case, the the Grand Prix is uh like the the very standard fighting game style of like you go through a series of fights. And then you're done. Like, right. there's not really anything else there. Right. Um, but yeah, I I give Arms a pretty glowing recommendation right now. It's a it's really charming. The uh, the foundations there for something really great, and mm-hmm. uh, it it uh, like Smash Brothers kind of circumvents one of my biggest complaints about fighting games, and that uh, the mind games are interesting, but mm-hmm. uh, some of the uh, control inputs are really convoluted. But with Arms, like with the controller. Uh, especially it just feels so natural and uh that's good i'm I'm really happy to hear that you're having fun with it yeah uh it it's really really great because it does just kind of bring it back around to okay like uh are they like it it just kind of comes down to outthinking and outmaneuvering your opponent right and uh those are the aspects of fighting games that i think are the most interesting so Mm -hmm. i think arms is a is a good time that's awesome yeah i was on the fence about it and i am Still on the fence, but yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's good to hear from you, anyway. <laughs> sure thing. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so 
I was going to talk about Axiom Verge, and I still want to, but also <laughs> I went to Nintendo World and I got to try out Mario Odyssey, so I feel like I should talk oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about it, talk about it. Um, but first, before any of that, you've had a story that you've been wanting to talk about, so let's go <laughs> oh, for that. Yeah. And then Mario Odyssey. Sorry, guys, we've got so many <laughs> treats. We don't know which order to feed you. <laughs> So, so I went to this. I went to the Vancouver Retro Gaming Expo, uh, which is every year around this time of year in uh, beautiful New Westminster, British Columbia. Um, and it's a good time. There's always a lot of people selling stuff. Um, uh, so I had a, I had like a list of games I wanted to get, um, and I found uh, a lot of them actually. Um, my my partner Jamie almost pulled the trigger on getting a $200 uh, PlayStation 1 game called uh, Persona 2 uh, Innocent Sin or Eternal Punishment. I can't, there's there's two versions of this Persona game, and, and they're both... One of them was never re-released in any, in any other form. So, like, it's it's a pretty expensive version of the game because it was, like, just... Like, it's not in English except for this one PS1 disc. So, so <laughs> we like found it first thing in the morning. It was like 10 a.m. We just got there and we like found it and it's like $200. And the whole day was like, ooh, should we get it? Ooh, I don't know. We didn't get it. But <laughs> it was it was an exciting day nonetheless. Um, what I really want to talk about was uh, we went to this uh, video game trivia. Um, and it was called, shoot, uh, let me look up what it's called. Because the two people who ran it did a really fun job. They, they put on a good show. Uh, so I'll I'll look that up. Um, it was a it was a like pub pub game style trivia. So you you uh, you sit in a room um, and you get handed a sheet of paper. So they just ask you questions and you write your answers down on the paper and then you bring them to the front like it's a like it's a grade school test and they they grade your performance right. Uh, so um, Jamie and I uh, did it. Uh, we were a team. Uh, this was this was when the guy sat down next to me by the way and and started talking <laughs> to me about cars. Um, so, uh, we start like at the very beginning, they were like, okay, everybody, uh, say your team name. So we all know. So, uh, you know, Jamie pipes up next to me and says, stinky pits, which was our team name. Um, and they go down the list. And then at the end, someone says, um, someone calls out more the diamond dogs. And immediately everyone is like, oh no, like groans and like, oh boy. And of course I was like, oh, what's, what's going on? I don't, I don't have any frame of reference for this. Um, and they were like, oh, the diamond dogs, uh, they win every year. Like they, they always go to these trivia things. They do all these various nerd culture trivias and they always win every time. And so I, like Jamie and I turned to each other and Jamie's like, we gotta take these motherfuckers down. <laughs> she, she, was like, she, she was like, we're gonna, we're gonna fucking destroy these guys. <laughs> so, so we did the trivia. Um, uh, it was not, I'll, I'll say that it was not like the most obscure trivia ever. Um, there was a lot of stuff that like, they wanted to they wanted to stress that this was not like the most hardcore trivia ever and it was like they wanted to have some questions that pe- that at least one person would be like oh i know this one this one's easy so um do you want to i don't remember all of them but do you want do you want me to to quiz you joey do you want to do some some trivia based on what i remember oh shit yeah okay so okay um okay there were some that are kind of softballs so like uh super mario brothers 2 in the U.S. was a different game in Japan. What was it called? <laughs> yeah, Doki Doki Panic. Yeah, um, like, what country is Tetris from? <laughs> was another weird question. <laughs> from Mother Russia! <laughs> yeah, uh, um, they also would have accepted USSR, which I didn't think about, but that's because I'm, oh, yeah. I'm a, a, a young little baby. Um, <laughs> um, 
one that I did not get was uh, <laughs> who was the Australian pop star that played Cammy in the Street Fighter movie <laughs> or something like that. Oh, I can't. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> so didn't know that one. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> let's see what other good ones were there. Uh, oh, and then the, the, there was a so it was two rounds, um, and there were bonus questions. There was one bonus question at the end of each round, um, and the bonus question was just what is me host number one's favorite video game and the second round's bonus question was what is me host number two's favorite video game uh so <laughs> so of course that's like totally random right like you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna get it um so i turned to jamie and i'm like what should we write down for this question it's like the last it's the last question at the end of round two um round one i think went pretty smoothly like i felt pretty confident about our answers and then round two uh i felt a little less confident so it's like what what should we what should we write and she was like i don't know tiny tune adventures i was like sure so i, I wrote down tiny tune adventures <laughs> and we turn in our sheets and then we're just like listening to the two judges grade it um and then, like somebody in the audience was like did it like did anyone get it and they're like uh no nobody got it and then um <laughs> Some, the guy like looks down at his paper and he's like this is probably the closest one actually I do love Tiny Tune Adventures and we're, we're like yes okay. <laughs> <laughs> completely by luck um, so uh, the scores come in and uh, he's like okay we're gonna it's, this is uh, he, the, the judge was like okay we're doing Mario Kart rules now so the, the top the top four scorers are gonna come up for like a final like a final elimination round um I guess he said like he was like even if you scored first place you can still lose which is why it's Mario Kart rules ha 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 um, so so he called out the top four scores and guess who was the top scorer it was the Stinky Pits um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I go up there to the front and then like two other teams came up and of course who else was there the representative from the diamond dogs our arch rivals um <laughs> of so, 28 minutes that's right exactly <laughs> but a fierce a fierce rivalry um oh sure yes so we uh the way that the final round worked was it was like prices right so it was all numbers and we had to get as close as possible without going over um so the first question was how many pokemon are there right now right this second like, of oh all the Pokemon God. games, how many are there? <laughs> and I haven't been keeping up, but I knew there were a lot. Um, I did, like, 701. I knew there was, like, 700 and something, but I didn't want to go over, so I did 701. And I, I was not the furthest away, so I went to the next round. Diamond Dog still in as well. Uh, but I will say that I was the closest by a wide margin. Um, <laughs> uh, second question. Second question comes up. And my heart starts pounding because the question is, in the canon Street Fighter games, every one that's been released, how many playable Street Fighter characters are there? And my heart is racing because last year I did this silly project where I decided that I would draw every Street Fighter character. And so I did like a doofy little ink drawing of every character. And I, and I, I to keep myself, like to keep it all... To keep track of everything, I made a list. I, I did like a I did like a Google Doc of every character, and I would check them off one by one. So I knew, Joey, I knew how many characters there were. 
<laughs> I was like, okay, there's 95 playable characters. I, I knew I did 96 drawings, but I did one extra drawing of, of a non-playable characters because I wanted to. So there's 95 actual playable characters. Um, and so I like, I, I, uh, what did I do? I think I, I wrote down like 95 or whatever it was. I wrote down the exact number, which was a huge mistake. I should have just taken the number and subtracted like 10 or 15 from it, right? Because I, I don't want to go over. If, even if you go over it, but you're the closest, you lose automatically. So mm-hmm. I, I wrote 95 down. I was like, I, I know this. I know this. I know this. <laughs> and, and the, um, I, and by the way, I'm getting the numbers wrong right now because I sure it's, it's been a while and I can't remember. So maybe maybe the numbers are not exact. Uh, but whatever it was, like it was like, and the correct answer is four less than than what I had written down. And the the fucking diamond dogs wrote like the, the other two people that were in there wrote like like thirty like. 45 like no idiots there's like 95 characters <laughs> and i know this but what happened was and i'm furious about this joey <laughs> when i did when i resolved to to play to draw every street fighter character i included the playable characters that are only playable in street fighter the movie the game Aww. which include which include captain sawada and four like soldiers that are both they're all named like Thrash and like Locke or whatever, and they're just palette swaps. There, so I was like five characters too many because I include I mentally included those five characters that are only in the arcade game, like the movie arcade game, which is like I guess not canon enough for them. Even though you're, we're apparently counting Street Fighter EX, which nobody cares about. So <laughs> I got knocked out, even though I was like like the number was like eighty and I was eighty five or 90, 90, something like that. And everyone was like 30, like, fuck off. <laughs> so I got knocked out. And then the last question was like, what year was Nintendo founded? And I was like, oh, I was 18 something. Uh, I know it was in the 1800s. So I wrote like, so I mean, I was out at this point, so I couldn't write anything. But I, I was thinking like, oh, it's 18, whatever. And people were like, way off again like the fucking diamond dogs don't know what the fuck they're talking about <laughs> but of course diamond dogs were the closest so diamond dogs win and they all come up on stage like at the front all of them win and they're just like hooting and hollering and one of them had a t-shirt that had a very word rude on it a very very rude word on it that i did not think was appropriate for a, a convention that's open to the public with lots of kids. It was, like, misogynistic and shitty, and I hate them. I hate all of them. And I was so disappointed. We left, like, right after that, too. We were both just, like, really... If you were like, I can't believe this happened. We're like, let's... Let's go. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked. It was so frustrating, because I... I it's like, that always happens, right? It's like, you, you choke on the points where you actually feel like you know something about it. Sure. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if that's ever been your 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 uh, um, in your experience, but oh man, oh Diamond Dogs, I'm coming for you. This is not over. <laughs> I, uh... I have to go to more video game trivia so we can have a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> oh day, man, yeah. I'm getting heat. I got heated up again while I was talking. This, that's happened like three or four weeks now at this point, but I'm, I'm like just as like impassioned now as I was then. God. They played you like a damn fiddle, man. I know, I know. <laughs> no, they didn't play me. It was the. <laughs> I at at the time, like when it happened, when it was like, oh, you're you're five over, and I was like, no, I'm not. In my head, I was like, no, no, I'm pretty sure that's not right. And I I was like, there was a moment where I was like, do I really want to be this guy? 
that's like, uh, actually, uh, if you play the, uh, <laughs> and like be a real douche about it. And I decided to just let it go. But now I wish I hadn't because I'm angry. <laughs> I was going to say like, like based on the way you sound right now, I'm genuinely surprised that you let it go. <laughs> uh... <laughs> it's okay, Doc. Uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I'm proud. I'm proud of what we did. It sounds I'm like you did well. how far we... Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's no prize for second place. Actually, we did get a second place prize. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. That was, that was my video game convention story that I really wanted to tell. Uh, it's not yeah. really on, on brand or anything, but I just wanted, to, just wanted to get it out. I just wanted to print it to vinyl. I get uh, you, man. <laughs> digital vinyl. <clears throat> Late to the game, now in vinyl. <laughs> Each podcast is pressed yeah. to, to a record. <laughs> Let's do it. Big oh shoot! Corner. I just looked at the I just looked at the waveform for the last like five minutes of me talking, and it's like significantly louder than anything else. Oops! I'll have to fix that. Yeah, <clears throat> no worries. We uh, through the power of Computer Town, we can we can make it all nice and even. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So uh. We, we are getting a little long here. If you don't mind, I'd like to jump into some of the uh, Mario stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Like Odyssey from e- uh, uh, Nintendo New York. And, yes, uh, I do want to hear about that. Yeah. Also, uh, we're on YouTube now. Uh, just going to throw that out there. Oh, quick, uh, quick commercial break, everyone. <laughs> yeah, everybody, quick commercial break. We are on YouTube at Late to the Game. Uh, there are like 400 Late to the Games, so it might be hard to find us. But I believe in you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, all our podcasts are uh, up there as well as iTunes, as well as Google Play, as well as uh, our website via Pinecast that uh, I forget. Um, and also you can send us any emails for uh, any ideas that you guys may have or just anything you want to ask. Uh, insults you want to hurl uh, our way, specifically at Kieran. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, di- Diamond Dogs, come at me. <laughs> find me. Um, our email address is Joey and Kieran at late to the game. No, sorry, Joey and Kieran late to the game at gmail.com. Uh, Kieran spelled K I E R A N. Send us emails. So, uh, to yeah, to cap everything off though, uh, Nintendo New York. So, I went up there, and uh, uh, the way that they did it was that you um, got a wristband that was like, okay, come back in like three hours, and then you'll have like a time slot along with a group of people. So, okay. uh, I, I did that. And I ended up coming back, and uh, so they had a couple of games that were available to play. Uh, that included Mario Odyssey, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, Pokémon Tournament Deluxe, uh, Ever Oasis, Miitopia. I don't know if there was anything else, but um, I uh, I played Ever Oasis, and okay. I played like four minutes of it, and it's a big sprawling RPG. So I mean. I, I can't really, like, Was it that looks Ever Oasis nice. is a 3DS game? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So I played I, a little you bit you of might that. Have, you might have just said that, sorry. <laughs> no worries. Uh, the reason that I played that actually was to uh, get my hands on the new Nintendo 2DS XL <laughs> hardware. Uh-huh. Again, I think Nintendo does have the worst naming conventions, but... Um, <laughs> so I, I got to pick that up, and uh, it's really interesting. It's... it's uh, it is so light. Um, even with that, like, bolted-on thing to make sure you don't walk out with it, it was... 
yeah it like a matter of ounces yeah it, it kind of did because it it didn't have that like there's something about weight that one associates with worth for whatever reason when it comes to electronics in a tiny <laughs> yeah. sense and uh yeah. that thing was light um it had a nice texture on the the front like uh the clamshell kind of top uh it the the top screen kind of looks like an older iphone it didn't have like the little speaker uh holes or like really any features it was just like a big old black rectangle and uh it's a nice piece of hardware if you don't care about the 3d at all then that's probably the best 3ds model you can get um so cool on that Mm -hmm. um i i played a little bit of uh pokin tournament deluxe and i'm not somebody who's played pokin tournament on the wii so sorry on the wii u so uh i like i've only played a few minutes and it was just me kind of coming to terms with the controls right. uh, I, it seemed cool there are a couple of or there was at least one character that was exclusive uh to pokin tournament deluxe there were a few characters that were exclusive uh if you don't count the arcade version right. and uh it it looked nice. It ran well. Uh, it's it's it, an it, interesting fighting game. It's it's uh, it's weird. It's like switches perspectives. Like you start yeah. out with at like a behind the back perspective, kind of similar to um, to arms or like the the virtual on style of those versus games. And then like certain attacks will switch the perspective. Like it'll like enter a phase shift, and then you'll suddenly be in a more traditional two uh, D side scrolling like traditional fighting game perspective. Yeah. And like certain characters, as far as I understand, certain characters are built for one mode or the other so there's like long long range characters that are more comfortable in the behind the back section and there's certain characters that are like they want to get in and deal damage so they're they're better at the at the traditional 2d section sure it's neat i i uh i've never played it um because i don't really care that much about the roster of pokemon in it yeah like i don't i'm not that excited about like lucario or um yeah, there's the new the new owl is in the 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 Switch version, so yeah. I'm not really crazy about the roster, but the mechanics look neat. Mm-hmm. It uh, again, like fighting games are some of the most mechanically complex games out there, so I wasn't able to get a good feel for it in the few minutes that I had, but mm. uh, like it it seemed well made. Like yeah. <laughs> that's really I feel like all I could say of worth there is just that it like it wasn't stuttering um like the the visuals were nice the audio stuff was all fine it felt polished uh it controlled well everything felt pretty good mm. um and other than that the game that i played was super mario odyssey mm. and um i i played the same demo that was at e3 the the 10 minutes you got to pick from either um uh like the the metro kingdom or right. um, the uh, Sand Kingdom. I mean, or... No one is going to call it Metro Kingdom. We're going to be calling it by its real name, its true name, New Donk City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually forgot. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I got to hop around New Donk City, and then I got to hop around the, the kind of desert region area. And um, I, I hopped around the desert twice, and then New Donk, I think, just once. So I, uh, I got a total of like around 30 minutes of playtime. Um, oh, that's that's uh, substantial. Yeah, uh, it, it was really cool. I just kept playing because there were like 10 stations and they were almost all Mario Odyssey. Um, <laughs> also, Charles Martinet was there. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot to mention that, but he was downstairs signing autographs. So uh, I got to hear some little yahoo from the, him. The that. voice of Waluigi? Yeah. <laughs> the voice of Wario. I, I should have asked him for a good wah, but... <laughs> 
you think people ask him to uh, do Waluigi voice very often? I Probably not. I absolutely right? know that people ask him to do Waluigi voice. Okay. Because, <laughs> like, you know, th- there are people that are going to, like, walk up with their chesses. Ch- chesses? Uh, chests puffed up, like, I'm a contrarian. Like, hey, <laughs> bet you've never been asked for this one. And he's like, right. number 17 today. Okay. Wah! Right. See you later. Like, <laughs> nah. Um, yeah, okay, but so how that, was Mario Odyssey? Yeah. Mario Odyssey, uh, sweet buttery Christ, Kieran. I love it. I love it so much. Um, oh my God. It's so good. Uh, okay. So, uh, uh, you like just controlling Mario was an absolute joy. Um, just running around was so much fun. Um, do you have a run button in this game? No, no run button. It's all analog. Um, which is awesome. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I, I uh, did the Sonic Spin Dash a bunch. That was cool. Um, uh, you have the the spin jump that you had from... Like, it functions more like it did in 3D World than it did in Sunshine, but you have that move. Uh, uh, what are you talking Where you spin in a circle, then jump in the air, and you do a spin jump? Yeah. Or like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're standing on the ground, you spin the analog stick, Mario sticks out his hands and starts, like, twirling, and then if you jump, he kind of does the, like, flutter down sort of jump that you do when you jumped on one of the enemies in Mario 64 where he would go boing and then just like, right, 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 right. Yeah. So there was that. So you can just do that from a standing. Yeah. You don't, you don't need one of those guys. Yep. But you could do that in both sunshine and 3d world as well. That's right. You could do it in sunshine and I don't remember doing it in 3d world, but I didn't play that game much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, so that was all really cool. Um, can you, can you do this? Okay. This is so granular and maybe this is boring for people, but I'm really, interested in the types of jumps that 3d mario can will afford so can you do the (laughs) the like flip kick jump where you go you run in one direction then you turn around suddenly and jump backwards yes okay good okay i really wanted that one that that one is important to me (laughs) yeah no that that one's really like that one's sometimes the most convenient one (laughs) yeah um yeah so like that's in there triple jump backflip um ground pound um you've got the dive sort of like from sunshine or 64 oh awesome uh, that's yeah a, that's such a good one <laughs> and uh the the dive actually gives you uh height in a way that it didn't in those games so you can kind of use it as like a, a little tiny secondary jump huh okay and uh, throwing cappy also gives you a tiny amount of lift not quite as much it pro- it's probably like roughly half of what you would get from doing the spin uh attack in midair in mario galaxy i see yeah you just so, like a little a little pop-up yeah just kind of like a little like oh shit like save yourself kind of thing (laughs) right Um, right right yeah but uh i wasn't crazy about the way that some of those things were laid out Uh, i played with two joy con and a lot of those things or some of those things were tied to motion controls um oh right they really want you to play with two disconnected joy con right yeah that's how they were showing it at e3 yeah you can it's already been confirmed that you can play with a pro controller that'll probably be the way that i personally play um yeah that seemed like that's i have never found that to be comfortable in my short time with the switch i actually kind of like it it's it's kind of like lazy it's comfortable (laughs) you know what i i haven't stuck the little nubbins onto the ends though do you need to do that for it to be comfortable no just just holding them feels fine to me okay maybe maybe i just don't i'm just not there then i've tried it i've tried it for maybe like 30 seconds and it's like it just feels bad to me so i i switch i put it in the little dock okay I get you. I, I would recommend well, you're, giving you're another shot. That, sorry. 
Um, you're, you're, yeah. you're saying that it's not good to it's it's not the ideal way to play Mario Odyssey. Yeah, like um, so you can roll uh, with a button combo. It's something like ZR and X or something, and okay. then um, in order to like continue rolling and like give yourself a quick little speed boost, you have to shake the right Joy-Con. Um, so I, I think that'll be better on a normal controller. Uh, the the dive. Uh, you'll notice you don't see many people diving in footage that you see of the game. And mm. I knew that you could do it, but I didn't know how. And it's really weirdly complicated, unless I was doing, like, a strange secondary motion. Uh, the way that you do it is by, uh, I think it's hitting ZR and jumping and then shaking the controller. Um, huh. Okay. Like, er, like, you have to have ZR and then shake the controller. Like, ZR held in midair, shake the controller, from what I can tell. Something like that. It it, it felt needlessly convoluted. Um, yeah. But, uh, again, like, maybe on the Pro Controller there's an easier way to do it, or maybe there was an easier way to do it that I wasn't aware of. Um, yeah. So, like, mechanically, everything feels phenomenal. Like, I felt in full control of Mario. He was always going exactly where I wanted him to. Uh, his speed feels right to me. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, his jump all felt good. Everything felt great. Um, mm hmm Visually, the game is outstanding. It's really, really pretty. Um, like, again, the art direction is sort of a matter of a take it or leave it uh, sort of thing. But just, like, the the technology behind it, I guess, is really, really solid. And everything ran at a really smooth 60 uh, mm -hmm. frames per second. Um, there was a... The, the thing that got me the most that I really, really enjoyed uh, was that this feels like a Mario game that's focused on exploration in a way that even 64 and sunshine didn't because okay. of uh the smaller rewards like because the moons right. are freaking everywhere right uh, moons are not equivalent to stars or shrine sprites right they're they're worth a little bit i mean they're not worth less but they're like they're they're smaller prizes for doing like smaller amounts of stuff right yeah i would be genuinely shocked if there are less than three or four hundred moons in the game Okay, like I see, they are pretty easy to come by to the point where in the demo I was passing them up because I knew that I had ten minutes timed per area and it wasn't <laughs> worth seeing his jump in the air animation. Like I was just booking it. Um, <laughs> You're using speedrunning strats in your in your thirty minute demo. Yeah. <laughs> save um, those save those frames. <laughs> yep. Man, but uh, it just everything felt really good uh the the level design was really really open like it was more open i think in no honestly it was just open everywhere like uh <laughs> both areas just they just kind of plunk you down it's like here's a thing you could do it's like great yeah, it, it really I, feels like breath of the wild in that sense yeah I, I like for the footage that i saw it seems like it's an open environment and if you poke around a bit you can find little linear sections that will usually yes. end in a moon yeah and that's that i mean that's that's right on that's that's like what 64 and sunshine were sunshine yeah. was pretty transparent about it with their like secrets mm -hmm. where it was like literally here is a here's a tunnel you go into that takes you into a separate loading zone that drops you into this different environment that is only that only exists to be an obstacle course yeah um and this seems like that but with a little bit less like like that except once you're done with it you could just get popped back out to the to the open more open world yeah. it seems like more seamless in mm -hmm. in odyssey yeah and um 
I'm I'm sure you saw this in the in the footage, but also when you get a moon, it doesn't like boot you back to a screen or anything. You just right. keep running yes, around. You keep going. So yeah, like it. That's it smart. really. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just I really didn't have any complaints. Like I I've just been kind of sitting here waiting to play it again. Just twiddling yeah. my thumbs. Um, <laughs> it. Uh, do you have any questions? Like. About the way anything in particular felt, like the, the, my was... my only concerns were about like how how Mario moves and and you you just uh, assaged my my fears there. Um, I'm glad he has all his jumps. Uh, I'm glad it's all analog as opposed to like the run button, which is, I think it worked for Mario 3D Land and 3D World. But if I'm controlling Mario in three directions, I really just want like the stick to be the stick. Yeah, and the stick to control his his pace. Yeah. Um, so man, I'm just oh, man. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Me too. It uh, it it really like this is this is gonna be a, a heavy hitter. I think this is gonna this be a is game gonna be big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this like if if the game keeps up, like I don't know. It's just like it's such a magical thing because I feel like. God, I'm gushing, but um, uh, <laughs> it, it's such a nice thing because I feel like uh, I remember in an earlier podcast I was saying like I want a Switch Mario to just kind of like excite me in the way that like Galaxy, but more so like Mario 64 and stuff did before, mm. like uh, just kind of presenting all these new and interesting opportunities. And Mario Odyssey so far is doing that. Like, yeah, it's it, it's just like a giant playground that is really, really enjoyable to explore. Whenever I, mm-hmm. like, was running around, I think the thing that struck me the most is that it, it is a game built almost exclusively for you to have fun. And yeah. <laughs> that's becoming increasingly rare. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, it, it's not like there aren't games that are fun. That's not what I'm saying. But as games push more and more to uh, explore different avenues of gaming to, uh, like, to make you, like kind of take you along a cinematic experience or to uh uh i don't know just like uh be yeah like there, there are yeah. games that exist to challenge you there are games that exist to move you there are games that exist to wrap you up in a story and all of those are wonderful yeah uh, but like gaming like, is a versatile medium yeah but this game you're saying like the purpose of the game is for you to have fun and that's really exciting yeah like, in the same way that Uncharted games are really successful, if you look at them as a vehicle for, like, just storytelling, I guess, mm. then this feels equally successful, if not more so, as a vehicle for fun. And <laughs> it's it's just lovely. I, uh, I'd be genuinely surprised if that doesn't end up being one of my favorite games. And again, I I don't like to make all these big brash judgments about games before... They come out and before I've really had some solid time with them, but mm-hmm. Nintendo's been on a roll lately and it like that feels like the pinnacle of it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it does really feel like it's going to be a battle for that and uh, Breath of the Wild as far as game of the year goes. And right. it feels like a really wonderful time to be uh, a Nintendo fan. Yeah. It's a good thing we aren't dead yet. Yeah. Unless, unless we are. Kieran. I poisoned you, uh, but then I felt bad, so I poisoned me too. <laughs> fair is fair. 
Yeah, I made sure that it's slow acting enough to wait until October 28th, the day after uh, Super Mario Odyssey launches. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Be sure to tune in for our final episode, October 27th. (laughs) Did you ever see The Hateful Eight? I did. That scene where they they poison the, um, the coffee. Yeah. That freaked me out. I saw. I mean, I saw that. I was twenty three years old. I was. I got scared by that scene. <laughs> it was gross. It's really gross. It's spooky. Yeah. Okay, I, I think we have come to the to the end of our of our long. Oh, well, yeah. okay. I know you want to talk about Axiom Verge. You want to say? Oh no, no. Yeah, definitely. We're we're running quite uh, longer than we usually do, and uh, I, okay. I'd like to play a little bit more of Axiom Verge. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking it out, everybody. And uh, oh. Yes, uh, thank you for listening. Um, I earlier, like half an hour ago, I talked about the trivia that I went to, and I said I was going to n- name what it was. It is called Question Block Trivia, hosted by Daniel Chai and Gregory Milne. Uh, I think they do other stuff in the Vancouver metropolitan area. Uh, they did a good job. Good, they did a good job. They put on a good <laughs> show. They were professional. Uh, go see them. Uh, it's fun. Trying to tell me that they did a good job. <laughs> they, did, they did a great job. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, Call back. And- uh yeah yeah i think that's about it um that's about it yeah see you later everybody bye goodbye